0: This is the Health, Hope, and Healing Podcast. If you've ever wondered if there was more to life, if you find yourself yearning for connection, more purpose, more fulfillment, you're in the right place. We believe God dreamed more for you when He dreamed the dream of you. So this is an invitation, an invitation for you to take your next step into all Jesus did for you on the cross, all that's available here and now. So come on, let's step in and... Maybe it's time to step up. Hi everybody, Dr. Kyrie Gutierrez here, and this is not part of our planned podcast. This is something very different. When something significant happens in your life, I really believe it can go one or two ways. Either it helps you to talk about it, or it's very hard to talk about it. And something has happened in our life, in our personal life, that is hard to talk about. Which was really surprising to me. When my brother died in a plane crash, I needed to tell the story. When my children were born, and it was hard, but it was good, I needed to tell the story. And this, this is different. I find myself unable to continually tell the story. So if you are a patient friend, friend of a friend, thank you for allowing me this time and space to tell the story one more time, put it out for the world to hear, and then I can point people here to hear it instead of having to relive it multiple times a day. Um, this is not planned. I'm just going off the cuff and, uh, I may stop the recording and go check on um, on my husband periodically. So I'm sorry if it's choppy because this is this is how it is today. <clears throat> I probably should have gotten myself some water. So <clears throat> I'm just gonna jump in. Um, I did ask my husband if, in the next couple of days, when he's feeling up to it, for him to tell his side of what has happened. So make sure and like hit subscribe just so you don't miss it, especially if you're family. So you can hear Robert's side of what happened on Thursday. So I don't know where to start. So I'm just going to jump in the middle and we'll swim around until we find our direction. I have, um, I've lost a wonderful uncle of mine and he, um, was such a good man. He loved his family. He loved his community. He loved his country. He loved God so much. And, um, he died last week. I'm recording this the last week of August. And so we were making plans to travel to West Texas to his funeral and things were busy. My husband's small group of men who just walked through freedom at our church with him. Um, were here at the house, eight men celebrating all God had done through that freedom ministry and what they had walked through. They were all at our home having fajitas. We were trying to get ready to leave. I've got laundry that needs done. There's the baby girl who's four, who needs looked after, all this stuff is happening trying to get ready to go on um, on this trip for this funeral. And my husband um, decides we need to get the oil changed in the car before we leave, which absolutely needed to happen, sure. So he's outside at dark because the men had been over for dinner. He's outside in the dark with the you know the spotlights and the outside lights on, changing the oil real quick. I'm in the back of the house gathering laundry to run a quick load to pack up for us to leave. And I hear something, and I'm not sure what it was, and I have no doubt that it was absolutely God, angels, Holy Spirit, however you want to fill that in, prompting me to go investigate because it wasn't loud. But I heard something weird, and I open the door, and he's hollering for me, and he is pinned under the car. And I instantly lose all sanity (laughs) and I start hollering for help and I'll start asking, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And he's like, call, call 911. And so I run in the house and I find his phone and I can't work the code and it won't take my fingerprint and it won't work. I'm like, I just, I can't deal with that. So I go and find my phone and I'm running back outside and my fingers won't work. I keep dialing nine, four, one. It was so ridiculous. I just, I didn't even know your fine motor skills are the first to go. And man, did they go. And I am hollering. Um, I'm hollering for help. And our neighbor hears me and he comes running and he puts the jack that had catapulted out from under the car. The jack had failed. It was like a four-ton hydraulic floor jack. Um, it had, I think the piece on top that connects to the cart, something like that, had broken and um like ripped off part of the bumper when it came off or the side of the door. Anyway, technicalities, I don't know. Um, he shoved it back under the car. He's lifting it up off of Robert. I'm on the phone with 911, and I forgot I even called because I'm talking to the neighbor about what happened. And my husband was on one of those little trolley things where, you know, you lay down and scoot your way on rollers under the car, thank goodness, because it was like 106, 107 that day. So the ground was really hot. Um, but he was able, when our neighbor lifted him at uh, the car up, able to scoot himself out from under the car. And... All of a sudden, this woman in my ear is asking for my address. I'm like, oh yeah, 911, I called them. I forgot I called them. So I was able to get the address out of my mouth. I was able to describe his name, his address, all those things, and let 911 know. And there's um, there's blood everywhere. There's, um, It's just ugly. So within three or four minutes, we hear the sirens, and they come very quickly. And they are all kinds of excited because calls like this are usually um gory you know so they're all kinds of excited they are very smart very well trained they get my body turned away from the scene and start talking to me getting information i um, very smart to divert my attention that was aces um i'm able after some water to tell them you know he's not on medication he has no pre- pre-existing conditions you know he's super healthy and they get him onto the gurney and into the, into the ambulance. And they keep telling me, we're going to spend here a couple minutes. We're going to make sure he's stable. We're going to get, you know, IVs in him and then we're going to go. And, um, this whole time I keep thinking in the back of my mind, does Eva Joy hear this? Because we're right near her window. And so I go through the house I open the door. She is sound asleep like the little angel that you could only hope she could be. She's sound asleep. And so I come back out, talk to EMS. They decide which hospital to take him to. And they go. And our sweet neighbors across the street, the same ones that helped lift the car off off, off of Robert, come and say, we will sit with her. You go. And so um, our neighbor's wife come and she sat in my in my living room for hours and just watched over Eva Joy. I was so grateful. So I'm trying to get myself together. You know, what do you need in the ER? You're going to be there for hours. Um, Deodorant that would be important. And a phone charger. Thank goodness my neighbor reminded me of that. And um, food for the vending machine, money for the vending machine. um, What would Robert want? Did he need anything? I couldn't think of anything. So I go. um, The car I drive had no oil in it. He was in the middle of that oil change and it's damaged. So I go to his car and I open the door and I can't get in. So if you know Robert and I in person, our, um, our leg length is very different. Um, apparently I have long Amazon legs and he has runner legs. And so usually I have to move the seat back anyway, but he had picked up a couple pallets, on the side of the road or where I don't even know where he got him um, to do some scrap wood in the shed, I think. And he had scooted the seat all the way up to fit the pallets in the back of his car. Okay. So now I have to unload the car. (laughs) Okay. I can do that. So I pop open the back of the car and I haul pallets out of the back of the car and I just hung them in the yard. I just don't even care <clears throat> what these are, what they're for. And then I get back in the car and the car's sitting on empty. I'm like, okay, God, well, I don't have time for that. So you're just going to have to get me there. And he did. I got uh, about 20 minute, 25 minute drive to the hospital, got there, um, got parked, sent some messages along the way to our small groups, to um, people that I know that know us, that can spread the word, that can start praying, um, praying for us. And, uh, When I get to the ER, he's already in the CT machine. They have me wait there for a couple minutes, and then they bring me back. And um, we had people show up at the ER who could put gas in my car, who could just sit there with me, who bought me water, who just hugged me, who could see Robert, who could... um, They were just there in miraculous ways um, that I just needed somebody with me. My, um, My family that was in town... But live's here we're actually on vacation in Montana. So um we don't have uh, my brother and his wife are here but we really don't have any other family per se that are right here that I had the sense to call. Robert has an aunt and honestly it just never even crossed my mind to call them. Of course I should have and I wasn't thinking straight. So um lots of tests, lots of discussion, lots of surgeons, lots of looking at him. And, um, the T the CT scan shows no damage from the neck down. There is no injury. His neck is great. His whole body is fine. They were a little excited in the ER and in the ambulance because his resting heart rate was so low. It looked like he was crashing, but that's because he's a runner. And so his resting heart rate is like 50, 55. And that gets them again, real excited, but it's fine. So I stayed, and they put us in um the PCU i'd never heard that term i had to google it and that's a progressive care unit so it's not icu but it's not a standard floor room either so we got a room up there got him settled got his meds done he has multiple fractures of his skull um some of them that can affect heart rate gut motility breathing hearing eyesight i mean all the big hitters and when I say multiple, they use the word lots and that's, um, that's a scary word. So we get him up on the floor, get him settled. It's about three o'clock in the morning and I leave and come back to the house. Cause you know, the baby girl is home alone with the neighbor. So, um, I'm so grateful that our neighbors were here. I go ahead and send um, Kelly home and try to get a little bit of sleep and, um, about 5:30 in the morning. I start getting phone calls of updates. How is he? How are you? What do you need? So not much sleep at all. Eva gets up in the morning. I start her morning routine and she wants to know, first of all, where is daddy? Who is that woman who was in the house? Cause she had woken up in the middle of the night and needed some water. Um, she wanted to know who that was and she had forgotten. She's met her before, but she didn't remember. Um, and no, you're not going to, um, to West Texas. You're going to school. And she was a little confused about why can't you make up your mind, mama? <clears throat> and she very much wanted to know where her daddy was. So I get her off to school and I leave the you know car seats there. Cause I don't know what today looks like. And I go off to the hospital and it's a full day. They, um, I don't even know. There was a lot of activity. And what the final decision, that was Friday, is that his swelling was so bad that there can't be a decision about surgery. There's nothing life-threatening that needed done right there. So they actually discharged us Friday afternoon late. And um, that was a little bit of a process because we got discharged. And then Robert probably you know threw up all over the elevator. And we had to go back to the room. And that was just awful. Um, and anyway, the PT came, the, everybody came, lots of people, lots of people, lots of people. And, um, we got home and, um, we, i had had someone else picking Eva up. So she was home when we got here and I had some friends come and help get her bedtime routine done. Other friends came and did, um, the medication run and ran to the grocery store for anything I thought I might need. And, uh, and we started, um, life again. The next day I had men from our church and our small group, Robert's small group show up and do all the lawn care. They took care of the rest of the car maintenance that needed done. So now we can get it to the body shop. Um, again, I had people bring food and visit and just anything we needed. I had people come and take Eva this last weekend and play with her and make sure she feels not pushed aside and she feels some attention. We are very well looked after and taken care of by so many people. And I have to tell you, um, Robert is okay. He never lost consciousness. His cognition is spot on. He can tell me where things are in the garage. He can tell me how to pay the bills. He can, he knows everything. There's no blip in his speech Other than he can't open his jaw much, his face is really swollen, his eye is swollen shut and bright red, sclera, the white part of your eye, bright red, Um, he's in quite a bit of pain, Um, and we're looking at approximately six fractures that are um, notable. One very concerning on his right temporal bone, and I have spent today making specialist appointments. We've got lots of specialists, lots of people to see, to know where to move forward. He's, um, battling double vision. He's battling muffled hearing. He's got vertigo. He's got, of course, the pain and then chewing anything is excruciatingly painful. Um, any pressure on his upper teeth is just awful. So he's, on a very strict icing schedule, a very strict medication schedule. I've got all of the homeopathics going, all of the essential oils going. I got, the man's got a lot of stuff going and I have him on a schedule, (laughs) but we're seeing progress. We're seeing his swelling come down. His eye will now open on its own. It's not swollen shut. Um, it's good. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. And his spirits are really good. He's not grumbling and complaining, he's not feeling like a victim. He's not he's not any of those things. He's just open. He never panicked. Um and I'm really interested to hear his side of all of how it happened. I really hope you'll come and listen again when I talk to him and talk him through the process because I'd love to get on the other side of everything I was feeling, everything that I was going through watching and trying so hard. Oh, I've been trying so hard to do it. Perfect. And you can't, and I'm trying to take care of multiple people and probably living on way too much caffeine and chocolate. (laughs) Um, and I have a lot to say about that. You know, this whole um, podcast is about health and hope and healing. And aren't we in the middle of that? So I have things to say, advice to give if you've ever been in something like this or not ahead of time, what you need to have some things in place. Um, So I hope you'll join us again. I will uh, not promise when we're going to get Robert's side of this. So um, check back here onto this podcast site and I will um, post it as soon as it's available. But we have a given kind site posted. It's not GoFundMe or something like that. Um, I think there are better sites than that. Um, but our church, our church group set up a given kind for us and so we've got meals provided and we've got, um, we're, we're doing okay. <laughs> we're doing alright. And the power of a spiritual family is very strong. So um, if I could give one message for you, it would be um, that you need to live in community. It is so vital when everything hits the fan. And I'm so grateful to our neighbors. I'm so grateful to multiple of our neighbors, not just the ones who were there in that moment. We've had so many come later. I'm so grateful to um, my little girl's school and the teachers and the admin there who are so kind. And they're giving lots of extra hugs. So grateful to my small group and Robert's small group and our church that reached out just... Um, that's where we are. We're in a very grateful place. Things could have been exponentially worse. Not that they're good, but, um, we've got grace for this and we have, um, we have people in place and it was just ironic, not ironic. It's so like God, his timing is perfect, but never early on Thursday when this happened that day, I, that morning I had, had a chiropractor shadowing me, talking about moving forward with her in, an, in a second location for our office. And I was able to call her and say, you know what? The timeline has changed and I need you Monday. And she rolled with it. And she is an amazing doctor. And I feel hundred percent secure handing over my schedule to her and letting her handle it for me. What a blessing that is. So I don't have to worry about my work and my patients. They are being taken care of. God is so good like that. Um, So I don't know how to end this. So I'm just going to sign off. And as soon as Robert fills up to talking, I'll get him on here. Thank you for listening. We speak health, hope, and healing over you. For more information, visit our website at integratedcnw.com.